It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Talent Talk. It's Tuesday. We're live. And of course, we're going to bring in two spectacular guests to talk about talent and leadership and everything going on in their company around culture and engagement and everything else we can we can shove into it an hour. So, um, you know, I, I've been so fortunate to have so many great conversations on this show. Um, and so many of our guests come from, you know, leadership conferences or meeting them uh, many different places in sort of my journey. Uh, hopefully those of you that uh, tuned in last week, uh, you know, were able to uh, hear my kind of uh, warning that I was going to be on the BBC. I guess warning is a, a funny word to use there. But anyways, on the BBC last, uh, well, it was last Thursday, um, and got to talk about culture and a lot of the great things that come up on this show. So really excited today. Uh, in fact, so many of those, those great stories that we've had throughout the years appear uh, in my first book, The Power of Company Culture, which is sort of the focus of that BBC interview and, you know, talking about what are those overarching concepts and pillars that we see inside of organizations on a regular basis that are successful with their culture, that are really leading the, the way, leading example, of course, leading in the industry, right? Not just with culture, but with how they are executing as a company. So if you're interested in that, check it out on Amazon. Uh, as I mentioned, we're live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, although some of you come in live um, and we love the interaction there, most of you get us after the fact um, on the podcast on iTunes. Make, you, make sure you subscribe there. Maybe you listen to us on iHeartRadio. Again, you can subscribe there as well or Stitcher or wherever you find your, your podcast. We're there. i uh, love to have you continue to be a return guest because there's over about 10,000 of you a day that are downloading one of our shows and it still just blows me away that we have so much interaction and people coming in to listen, but we really love it and Love to keep that conversation going, which we do there on Twitter. And if you would love to comment, uh, give us your ideas and thoughts. Maybe you want to argue or agree or whatever it may be with with myself or any of our guests today. You can do that by going to at PeopleG2 on our Twitter feed. You can also use that hashtag talent talk. We do both. My producer, Mike, make sure to tag our guests if they're on Twitter or other companies and myself. And uh, you'll be sure to be able to interact with us there. Um, and uh, we look forward to that. So um, let's go ahead and transition over to who my guests are today. I'm really excited to have on the show. Uh, my first guest will be Jeff Bain, the founder and CEO of Team Traction. And after we're done, we'll have a little mini commercial break there, and then we'll bring in Allison uh, Maslin, the CEO at Pinnacle Global Network. Uh, as I said, Allison will join me in the second half of the show, but let's go ahead and get Jeff in here. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show today. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot. 
why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, you know, what's important for us to know in our conversation today, and, you know, of course, give us a, a clear picture of what you do over there with uh, Team Traction. All right, Chris. Uh, you know, I had a, a career, about 20 years, of, of starting and, and growing and selling companies, and then I did a couple of turnarounds, and then I decided I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So right now I help uh, small business owners get what they want from their business. And I do that by providing a complete system of simple, proven tools to do three things I call vision, traction, and healthy. And vision is just getting uh, you and your leadership team aligned and, and you know where you're going and how you're going to get there. Traction is developing discipline and accountability so you execute better and execute on that vision. And healthy is just developing a more focused and cohesive team because a lot of times your best team leaders really uh, are just not really good team players. So I uh, just I I love doing it and uh that's what I'm doing now Chris. Well that sounds like a really admirable thing to do and you certainly have sounds like the experience and the um you know the the life lessons behind you there to to bring that into your clients. Um I sort of I like how you kind of broke those out into three pieces but maybe you can describe your approach or some of the methods you use to help someone improve their business performance. Um you know, I, I, certainly creating the vision is something that I imagine a lot of people might talk about or think about. But, you know, that, that, that measurement part, that's something I talk a lot about in my talks is you know, getting the right measurement components in there, making sure that you are measuring the right things and not, you know, over-measuring. We're not going to have analysis paralysis here. So maybe you can kind of describe some of those approaches and methods that you're using right now. Okay, Chris. You know, I use a system. It's called the traction system. Uh, it's some, some call it the entrepreneur operating system, but it's a brainchild of a, a gentleman named Gino Wickman, and uh, you can learn more about it in his book, Traction. And uh, that, that book has sold about 700,000 copies, and uh, this system is really proven. It's been used in about 7,000 companies now, and uh, so all the tools have been kind of used a bunch of times. And it, really uh, what it is, Gino took a bunch of the – basic great concepts from people like Jim Collins, Patrick Lencioni, uh Dan Sullivan, Bern Harnish, Peter Drucker, and he put it together in a system that allows business owners to actually use it and, and use it in their system to implement it. Uh, what it what it really does is uh, it lets you take your time and work on the business as opposed to all those all that stuff that comes at you and you know you're you're reacting to in your business. And the components of it, the, the, you know, what we, what, we call, what we call it is the six key components of your business. And what we want you to work on is, number one, is your vision component, which is where you're going and how you're going to get there. You've got to work and you've got to strengthen your people component, which is surrounding your, yourself with great people. And you, you hit on it with your introduction. I mean, that really means people that share your core values. And, but you have to have a way to really make that happen. Uh, the third component is the data component, and that's to get you to where you're pulsing your business on facts and figures and good hard data and making your important decisions, looking at those numbers instead of just subjective conversations. And then the fourth key component is just what we call the issues component, which is helping you learn how to, to really solve your problems. Uh, great business leaders are just people that are really good at solving their problems. And the fifth key component is what we call the process component, and that's where we build consistency and scalability in your business. And it really just helps you do the most important things the right way and the same way every time. If you can do that, you're going to build efficiency, and that's going to drive profitability. And lastly, you have the traction component, and that's where we build that discipline and accountability in your organization so you can just execute better and get more done. So, you know, you mentioned that there's 
7,000 companies this has been implemented into. And um, I'm wondering, you know, if, as a company approaches this beginning component, right, they go from whatever they're doing now to trying to implement this traction system. How long does it usually take to get them through that initial implementation phase of starting this process? Well, you know, I work with my uh, my clients over a series. I work with them in full day sessions, and I work with them three sessions over a period of sixty days. And by the time we get done with those three sessions, we've we pretty much implemented the basic tools into the system, so they're running their their business on that system. And by that time, they're seeing real benefit in communication and clarity, and really understanding what they're going to do going forward. And it, it really helps them start executing to get it better. And then as we go forward, you know, we just keep getting better and better and better and deeper into the system. And generally within about a year, year and a half, I've got my clients, they're really, they're really humming along. They're, they're getting really strong in those six key components, and uh, their business is going really, really well. And, and so, so you kind of answered that question about uh, how long does it take them to maybe get started on average, and that's maybe sounds like 60 days you could really – begin that process, and then over the next year, you start to really hone in and and, and get better and better at that. Um, you know, maybe once a company is going and they've got this in place and they're keeping it uh, at top of mind, how much time do you think they're actually spending on the system? I mean, is it something where it becomes the backbone and it's just five minutes of keeping that clarity every day, or is it, you know, require more work than that to really, in the long haul, keep that going? Well, Chris, it's a little bit more than five minutes, but I tell you, you know, you think about how much time you spend in your business as an entrepreneur. You know, I, let's just say you work 50 hours a week, and I don't know too many entrepreneurs that work that much. But what we ask you to do is, is kind of two parts to it. One is we want you to work on your business. So we want you to get away from the business for five days a year. Take five full days, get away from your business, have off-sites with your leadership team, and do that. Now, if you think about it, though, there's about 240 business days in a year. So when you say five days a year, that's about 2% of your time. So if you want to dedicate 2% of your time to make your business better, and, that, and that's about all it really takes. Now, working, working on a weekly basis, I ask that I get my clients to take about 90 minutes a week to do something I call a level 10 meeting. And in that meeting, we're really trying to smoke out what are the big things that are, you know, our obstacles, our challenges that are hitting us this week and really understand what they are first. And then once we've got them, we spend the rest of that meeting knocking those things down and clearing those obstacles out of the way so we can execute better. And again, 50 hours a week, you know, 90 minutes uh, during that 50 hours, I'm asking you to spend about 3% of your time on a weekly basis just doing it. So it doesn't really take a tremendous amount of your time, but it does take a precious small amount of your time where you really spend it working on your business and not just running around in your business. So from a company perspective, do you find that this system works equally as well for different types of industries and business types, or does it lend itself maybe to, you know, companies who are selling products or companies who are selling services or any particular vertical more than another? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not really trying to help my clients specifically with how they make their product or how they deliver their service because they know a lot more about that than I do. But what we do is we work with them on how they manage their company, how they manage their people and, and get the most out of their people. So really it's a little bit agnostic to the type of company, but I do want a business owner that's open and honest and kind of you know really wanting to get control of his business and kind of willing to open up and, and, and be very communicative with his people. So it's not it's like I said, it's pretty agnostic to the type of company, 
But uh, if, if you've got a, a business owner that, that uh, wants to get better and really wants to uh, open up and, and find a way to make his, his company run better, it'll work with just about any type of company. So how does this fit into the overarching concept of culture? So, you know, it sounds like you're implementing some level of accountability, some measurement, some a process that where we're going to be very organized in how we're going to approach things. But that's a little bit different than maybe the culture of how we get things done. Um, or the way in which we engage and work with our employees. So how do you see those two things kind of fitting together? Well, you know, culture is a key cornerstone of what I do. And when I talk culture, you know, I get a, I get a number of kind of reactions when I first talk with a business owner. You know, first of all, they go, here we go again. Culture, you know, you've been hearing about this for 30 years. It's, you know, the first thing we do. Or the other thing they do is they whip out a business card and they show me their business card and they say, hey, man, I've got my, my core values right here. They're right on the back of my business card. I hired this marketing consultant and he, he told me this is what my clients want to see. So this is my these are my core values. And I say, you know, that's just not what it's all about. When I talk about culture, I really want to find out what the values are of the leader and that leadership team. If I can find out what that glue is, that you know, the actual values that hold those people together and make them work, that's the core values of the company. And then once we discover what they are and we get them clear and we make sure the leadership team is on the same page with those, the trick is then finding a system that allows you over time to, to really surround you with the rest of your people to, to share those same core values. And when you do that, you know, the, the, the values are something that the leadership team does, but those, those values then start driving behavior, and then those behaviors will drive the culture of your company. As your clients have been successful with this and, and, and become more and more sustained and maybe have gone on for a period of time, do you, do you tend to see them kind of evolve into some, something else, or has this just become a part of their process that they keep going with you know, indefinitely? Um, you know, or, or is there some sort of graduation for them to maybe some higher-level process if they've been doing it for five years or ten years or something like that? Well, really, you know, it takes about two years, like I said, to get them to where they don't really need me. I mean, my job when I start with a client is to work myself out of a job. I tell them that I want I want to get them to the point where they're self-sufficient. They've got the system. They understand how it works. But, you know, I really just call this a journey. I mean, you you uh, you know, it, in today's age, it's not it's not uncommon for a company to morph a little bit if time goes by with technology and the things they're doing. But on the other hand, one of the first things we do is we want to find out just really what is their core focus? What, what is their purpose and their cause or their passion? Why are they really in business? And usually that doesn't, ha- you know, that has not a whole lot to do with their services or their products. It's just why are they, why did they start this business? What are they really trying to do? And, you know, once we get them doing that, as long as they maintain that focus and, and they're doing what, what they really love, they can, they can stay with the process for as really long as they want to. And, you know, I, 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 I my clients, basically, once they get into this, they're definitely into it for the long haul. I, we have clients that have been doing this for 15 years, and it's worked well for the whole time. And, and do you ever see that certain organizations maybe begin, uh, you know, to lose focus or to to, to, to start to get, um, you know, kind of muddy the waters with some other program or something, and they begin to have a, a process of kind of backsliding a little bit into old habits and and getting out of that focus that you you've initially you know helped them create. Well, you know what we tell them early in the process is that 
there's kind of a rule on these sort of management operating systems. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of them out there. You know, the EOS system, the traction system isn't the only one. But what we ask our clients to do is pick the one they want to use and stick with it. Because the worst thing you can do is to, is to try to run a little bit of this system and a little bit of that system and a little bit of this system, because that's when things start to get complicated. And we believe, really, you want to make things as simple, simple and as simplified as you can in business. So, you know, generally speaking, if, we, if I see a, a client, and sometimes I'll have a client that after a couple of years has graduated and they just, they just call me up when they have problems, I see that they're getting you know, freight or that, I just take them back to the basics. Just take them back to those six key components, take them back to their core values, their core focus, get them back to the basics, and they'll get, they'll get the flywheel going again and, and they'll get back, back on track. So it sounds like this is something you know, from a leadership standpoint, uh, building companies, working with leaders uh, has been a part of your DNA for, for quite some time. What, what do you think sort of contributed to you going down that path uh, to begin with in your life? Well, you know, like I said, I, I started a couple of companies and grew them and ran them, and then I, I did a couple of turnarounds. And, you know, when I was running a company, I'll be really honest with you, there was there was parts of what I did that I really loved and parts of it I didn't love as much. And uh, But it was that... It was that people building, it was that culture building, and it was that, you know, just, it was really developing those leadership teams and, and, and mentoring people. That's what I really love to do. So when I found EOS, and I, I used it in my own company for a while, I just decided, hey, this is what I really want to do. This is my, I guess you'd call it unique ability. That's what Dan Sullivan would call it, is, is building leadership teams and developing teams and, and helping companies get better. And even, you know, if we go even farther back, I guess, to that initial uh, of you building up companies, uh, did you have maybe a, a parent or a teacher or someone in your life that kind of nudged you in that direction to go and want to be a leader? Because you know, not, not everyone shows up and wants to be in charge. Not everybody shows up and wants to be the CEO or the business owner. Uh, do you think that you kind of had a, a nudge or a push at some point in your life? Well, you know, I'm certain that I did. Uh, you know, a long time ago in my first uh company that I joined, uh, I had a gentleman, he's no longer with us, his name was Harry Fowler, but he, he, I guess he saw the leadership ability in me, and he basically took me under his wing and was a mentor for me, and he, he provided me a lot of guidance and kind of helped me be successful, you know, in the first first uh, periods of, of me learning how to be a leader, learning how to be a PL leader and run a company. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm very fortunate that I had someone like that, and uh, it kind of got me going. Yeah, I always love those stories. I mean, it seems like so many of the people on our our show here uh, at Talent Talk have had that one or, or two really, you know, unique people in their lives. Sometimes it's a parent, sometimes it's an early boss or, or mentor that really believed in them and helped foster that. And then it's amazing how that kind of turns them into that kind of a person later on in life. So uh, it's always a good message for everyone out there to, to remember to mentor people, to remember to to, to be that kind of leader for your people or, or when someone calls you and asks you to, to help or uh, for advice, it's, uh, it really can, can set someone on a path uh, for a very long time. That's really important. Well, well you've mentioned uh, the book Traction, and we certainly have talked about the system quite a bit, and I, I'm sure our listeners, will, if they haven't heard of the book, will have written that down as a possible book to check out. But is there any other books that you're reading right now or, or any other book that you tend to suggest people check out? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, we, we all spend a lot of time in the car, and I'm, I'm a kind of an audible addict, so I've always got an yeah. uh, audio book going. Uh, right now I'm listening to something, it's a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Advantage, and, 
and I'd, I'd read a couple of his other books, The Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive and, and uh, the, five, uh, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. This book, The Advantage, really kind of takes a lot of his concepts and puts them all together. And uh, it's just really been a great, great book for me to hear. The other thing I, I really like about it is he gets into uh, business meetings and kind of the purpose of business meetings. He breaks it down to the four types of meetings and, and you know what each one is for and how to really conduct them and make them successful. And I, I've, I've really gotten a lot out of that, and I can take a lot of that information and kind of add it to the tool set I've got. It's, it's really, really been helpful. Recommend it for anyone. Yeah, and that's not one I think that gets as much attention as the others. Um, so it's really a, a really good suggestion. Uh, I think it, it was a fairly new book, right? 2018, I think, is when it came out. Yeah, um, yeah I think he's yeah, kind of. I think he's kind of taken it to and you know brought some of the some of the other books together and kind of consolidated. I really really thought it was a great book. Yeah, and that's great when you authors who have had really good books can kind of consolidate and then bring in a fresh perspective. Um, I know Benet Brown's more recent book um, was sort of a a good summary of a lot of her other books, but a funny kind of uh, with her running a big empire now, a bit of pers- more perspective for running an organization with a lot of employees and people. Uh, and so it was interesting to kind of see the the evolution. You can see that with some authors and, and speakers at times. Um, well, I want to make sure we um, allow you to, to share with everyone what's the best way for them to get a hold of you or find out more if they're interested in working with uh, Team Traction. Well, I mean, the easiest way is just check out my website. It's www.teamtractioninc.com, teamtractioninc.com. And, uh, of course, all my contact information there. But I've really gone out of the way to put a lot of information on the website. You know, you'll find that uh, through that website, you can basically uh, get almost all of the tools that we use and, and look at them and check them out. Uh, a lot of my clients, uh, you know, start working with the traction tools, and they, they they pick the ones they like, and they use individual tools for a while. And and uh, you know, I, I just I just really uh, want people to be able to get the most out of it and do all they can. You know, my my motto is help first. Uh, so if if anybody sees anything there, they ever have any questions, uh, have you know, don't 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 ever hesitate to give me a call, flip me an email, whatever you want to do, and I'll I'll try to help you in any way I can. Well, uh, you know, one question we always like to try to uh, leave with here, and uh, Jeff, if, if maybe someone uh, didn't get to hear the whole interview, if maybe they only heard one thing that you said today, what is it you hope that they might take away from our interview today? Well, you know, I, I just think that most business owners, you know, they, they get into this thing of, of just spending most of their time working in the business. You know, just every day there's 136 things coming at them, and they've just got to untangle that stuff, and they're just working all those things. and. And, and you really, the, the key to it is you've got to pull yourself out of that. You've got to, to, to make a precious little amount of time to spend and work on your business, making your business better and improving your business. And one last thing, one quick thing is, you know, something Lencioni tells us is, is a company's got to be both healthy and smart. I mean, everybody knows what smart is, and that's just being really good at building your product and really good at delivering your service. But you got to spend some time. It's really more important to spend time on your leadership team and making them healthy, more functional and cohesive, and getting the communication going. Because that's where the real magic is in running a company. So just spend some time on your company and work on developing your leadership team, and it'll pay off, I promise. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being a part of the show today and sharing some of your uh, great insights and your uh, uh, passion for the traction system. Hopefully our our listeners uh, gain some uh, really good information and uh, that they can take back to their own careers and experiences. And 
so hopefully we can have you come back at some point and give us an update on all the cool things you're doing. But we really appreciate you being on the show today. All right. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be back after this quick commercial break, and we'll bring in my second guest, Allison Maslin. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that PeopleG2 offers something different. At PeopleG2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, PeopleG2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news, or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. If you missed my first guest, Jeff Bain, his interview can be found on our podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, as well as my uh, next interview here in a few weeks. We'll get that posted up there. So if you subscribe to those channels, it will definitely guarantee you get an alert and you'll know when that's ready to go. Um, you can also go to talenttalkradio.com. You can subscribe there. There really is uh, just probably too many places to find us. If you just go out there and take a look, look for Talent Talk, all one word. You can also type in my name, Chris Dyer. Uh, all together, and uh, you should be able to find us. All right, my next guest is Allison uh, Maslin, CEO at Pinnacle Global Network. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, be a part of the conversation right now by going to at people G2 and use that hashtag talent talk, all one word. Let us know your comments. Let us know what you think. Give us your guest suggestions, whatever it may be. We'd love to keep the conversation going there. But Allison, uh, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Wow, I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we're excited to have you. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? What's important for us to know? You know, what's the, the 411 on you and your career? And then, of course, tell us what Pinnacle Global Network does as well so we have a good context here for going forward on the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say I pretty much came out of the womb as an entrepreneur. I um, have had 10 different companies. Uh, over the last three plus decades, I stopped counting the years, and um, I started my first business when I was 19. And I absolutely love business. My companies have been in all different industries, all different business models, and so that led me to my 10th company, which is Pinnacle Global Network, which I have been running will be 10 years in January. And this is a private mentoring and mastermind for business owners all over the world that my team and I mentor and strategize and help take their businesses to the next level. So I know you've built 10 businesses over the years that have scaled, and, but I'm sure you've also, amongst you know, those successes, have had sometimes you hit some walls or maybe you had some failures. Can you talk about some of that to begin with? You know, Where's been some of the areas where you know, you've had to... I uh, certainly uh, can understand when you, you said you came out as an entrepreneur. I think I had my first, you know, lemonade stand at five and you know, you're trying to do all these different businesses. And as uh, 
you just find it's a good kind of uh, starting point here is, you know, where did you hit a wall? Where, where did you kind of first hit your, your first, hmm, I don't know if I have this right yet, and had to kind of take a step back before you were you know, ultimately successful again? Well, I've hit many walls over the years, <laughs> and I'm sure I will continue to. I find that the biggest blessings come from um, when you slam in the wall pretty hard. But my biggest wake-up call was in my first business, I was running a full-service advertising and public relations firm. And I was great at kind of building business flying by the seat of my pants. And I, I took on some big clients like Ben & Jerry's and Supercuts and um, Charlotte Russe. And, you know, we were humming along and making a lot of money. And the thing is, is that I really didn't know, Chris, how to scale a business. I didn't really know how to delegate, even though I had a small team. I was a control freak, like a lot of business owners are. And I was working night and day. Um, my daughter was, you know, under two at the time. And I was completely exhausted. Like I was making a lot of money, but I had absolutely no life. I was miserable. And I ended up one day having a horrible car accident just from the stress of it all and you know not not being present and it was a miracle that I survived it was a pretty serious accident and I walked away from that and said okay I cannot live like this I don't you know it doesn't matter how much money I'm making this is no life right. the thing is I loved business I loved business but I knew there had to be a better way and so from then on I really understood I, I learned what it meant to scale a business, to put those foundations in, the underpinnings, you know, the system so that, you know, you don't max out on your bandwidth so that you're able to really step back and work on the business instead of in the, in the business. So that was a life-changing experience for me. So our first guest talked about his work and working, you know, in the business with business owners. And it sounds like that's a lesson that you have sort of learned and are focusing on now as well. Uh, maybe you could talk about why do you think some business owners kind of get stuck? Uh, maybe they're at the same level for many years. Maybe they're not really able to grow, even though they're working hard, even though they may have a great product or service. You know, is it this lack of working on the business instead of just in the business? Or, or are there other factors as well that you tend to see you know, where owners, business owners kind of get stuck? Yeah, I mean, there are probably three or four really strong reasons. One is that we're creatures of habit. And so when you start a business, you kind of are doing everything, right? And I call that phase one in business growth, the seeker. And everything is on your shoulders. And then as you grow, this idea of what got you here will not get you there. And, you know, we just tend to bring those same practices, the same marketing practices, management practices, operational practices in with us as we grow. And it really is uh, important that you rebuild your company from that higher level. It's like stepping into a new business as you're ready to grow, especially beyond the seven figure into the eight figure mark. Yeah. And I, I, we certainly see that a lot that, you know, to your point that you're wearing all those hats and then get comfortable wearing those hats and then they can't get out of that. And then, um, you know, you, and then you hire some great people um, and, and then you grow a bit more and then we have a hard time making that change right from 
can I let go of some of my responsibilities? Can I um, work to help the business bring in the right people? And maybe the people on the bus with me at the beginning of my journey aren't the people who are going to be with me you know, going forward. And so there's so much of that change and so much of that evolution that we really expect from uh, our leaders, from our business owners, that it can be really, really uh, challenging. And it really it can be, um, I guess, to your point of, of being creatures of habit, right? It's really hard to, to change as most people are pretty pretty high, steady people. It, so is that some of the things that you tend to focus on as you go into work with them? Um, you know, is it, is it to get them to evolve or is it to get them just, even just to think about that change? Definitely. You know, you you have a plan for your day. You walk into your day, and then all of a sudden there's all these fires that happen, right? Because that's life, and that's the business world. And so you're sucked into being a firefighter instead of really driving the boat as the visionary. And so if you're working in the business, you're sucked into, you know, every little piece of drama that happens. And so it's hard to have big growth. Uh, you know, when I, I met Richard Branson recently and that was an incredible experience and I had an opportunity to speak to him and he said to me, we only have so many days left on this earth, so you might as well go right for the top. And the thing is, I think that business owners put the top last. They're focused on all of the little details underneath. And that's something they really need to leave for the team. They really need to, uh, the CEO, the founder, they need to be focused on what's at the top. What's going to be your one-to-many? What's going to get you to move that boat faster? Hmm. Yeah, and that's so important. And, and, and maybe you could talk a little bit more about what, what are some of the things that you, you see that are at the top, right? Is it is it going after that big client? Is it? What are some of the things that you, you're seeing your clients kind of have their aha moments and realizing that they've been you know, not going after? Well, I think that uh, a CEO that's revenue-focused is crucial. You know, sometimes you have someone in that's very operational-focused, which is, is important to have operations, obviously, and systems are on a, a big part of scaling. But you want to be driving in revenue every day. And so even if you're not responsible for sales, you're involved and really clear on, on those metrics uh, and what's working and what's not working. The other thing is really focused on relationships because one great relationship can open the doors that save years uh, in, you know, in, in paddling along. So I spend a lot of my time out attending events, making connections, uh, you know, and, you know, making those introductions uh, that really has, has, you know, it has multiplied the growth of our companies and also the companies that we mentor. Um, the other is really looking at creative strategy. Like I said earlier, what is your one to many? And that's, that's what scaling is all about. It's like, how do you move from the one-off sale in your company to uh, doing your one-to-many? How do you multiply the revenue, the number of people that you're impacting without multiplying your expense? And so that is a, 
a part of creative strategy. What is your multiplier? And so that's something that, you know, we're always thinking about and always mentoring our clients about how do you leverage, you know, your time and, and your, your team. Right, right. Well, I know, and, and those are really, really um, important factors, and I know you have a kind of a complete uh, strategy um, kind of laid out in your book, Scale, uh, scale or Fail, uh, where you can uh, help businesses kind of lay out that right plan, right, to scale their company. And I think you've got like 17, you know, primary strategies in there to do that. I'm not going to ask you to talk about all 17, but, you know, are there a couple that you might share with us today that, you know, could get people thinking uh, about how to scale their business and maybe uh, give them a preview if they want to come and check out your book? Yes, definitely. Um, so 17 main ones. There, there are other ways too, but um, one is creating a subscription program or a membership where there is recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times companies feel that, oh, I don't think I can do that with my model. Like if I'm an attorney or I'm a staffing company and, and we've helped, um, you know, all these types of companies create subscription programs, even retail stores and consumer goods products. If you really, if you, uh, go to the drawing board and get creative, you can come up with anything. And so not only are you getting recurring revenue coming in, which is great for cash flow, it's also increasing the valuation of your company. So you always want to be thinking of how am I going to, you know, increase the value because at some point uh, you're going to be exiting your company in one way or another. So just by having recurring revenue, you can increase the valuation of your company by three to five and even more times. Well, those are some really great ideas. So I, I certainly, I'm sure everyone else is like myself and wanting to check out the book uh, and thinking about, you know, there's there's even just one way that you can help your company uh, scale and to get bigger and to, and to get more revenue that you aren't already thinking about. Because imagine what spend, it would feel like to lose everything. We all probably spend a lot of time thinking about what we need to do um, in the thing that we're already doing, right? I know how to go get mm-hmm. clients right now. And so I can spend more time trying to go get more clients that same way, um, add more salespeople, do more marketing. But that's different than, hey, can I add in another revenue stream maybe with my existing clients? Can I find another way to sell to them or get them to buy things when they're already here, they already trust me? Um, And and so that's a really fascinating, um, you know, idea just in itself. So I'm sure the other 16 are are, are just as awesome. (laughs) Uh, And I hope people will check those out. always have an upsell and a cross-sell, you know, and like you just said, they already love you. They already have a relationship with you. Otherwise, they're going to buy this from somebody else. So it might as well be from you. Right. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned, uh, I think, some of the phases earlier, but I know there's five phases that a business owner must go through uh, to build a team-managed company. Uh, one that runs, you know, without you, with you know, for significant periods of time if needed. So, can you talk about what those phases are that, that a business owner must, you know, kind of think about and prepare for? Definitely. So the first one, as I said, is you know you're just setting out on your path. You're the solopreneur, and that's called the seeker. You are uh, everything is on your shoulders. You're the five woman or five man band. Mm-hmm. We all start there. Every business starts there. 
then phase two is I call the pioneer. You're digging deeper. You're getting uh, some traction with your revenue. At this point, you might, you know, be into the six figures in your business. Uh, you might have an assistant, a marketing person, a bookkeeper, but you're still approving everything that goes in and out of your business at this point. And a lot of businesses stay stuck here. You know, they don't see the potential and they can get mired in some of those things that we were talking about earlier, like putting out fires or stuck in mm-hmm. habits. Phase three, I call the ringleader because it is a circus in phase three. And uh, phase three is a phase you want to travel through. It's not something that you want to stay stay there permanently. But it is a a circus because you're building teams in phase three. And like family, there's all those dynamics. And you're still figuring out roles. And you're still trying to find yourself as a leader. In phase three, you're still the boss kind of ordering people around instead of inspiring people into action, which is more in phase four. And so there's a lot of frustration in phase three with the, this is where you hear, there are no good people out there, you know, and, you know, you are micromanaging, you're kind of putting a message out there that I don't really trust you, I need to be CC'd on every single email, and um, you're so afraid that they're going to make a mistake, that they do make mistakes. So there's all of that going on, but there's also some, some really great things happening in phase three. You start to really see your potential. You start to see your big picture vision. You thought you knew what the potential was in phase one, but you really didn't know what you were doing there. And um, you're getting some systems and processes in. You know, you're building. And so, again, though, a lot of businesses die in phase three because they don't, they, they continue to use some of those same skills. Uh, that they were using in the earlier phases. So you as a business owner have to always work on yourself and your own leadership skills. If you want to grow the business, let's say 50% or 40%, you as a person have to grow 60% to be able to carry that weight of growth. Um, And then phase four, this is, you know, where you're like, whew, gets a little easier here. Uh, I call it the co-creator. This is where you're working with the team. And you start to feel that they're stepping up as leaders. They start to take some pressure off your shoulders. They start to ask those powerful questions like, how do we increase profits? How do we improve the customer experience? And they, uh, the, you see those leaders emerge or you, um, you bring leaders, you know, into the company and you start to, Uh, you start to step back. You know, in phase three, you still had your hand in all of the different areas of your company. In phase four, you start to say, you know what, you've got this, you know, and I I really trust you. And it's definitely a collaborative experience. And then phase five, which I call the visionary and why you got into business in the first place. And that's really, at this point, they, the culture is, you are so entwined into the culture, your energy, your values, your vision, that you don't need to be there. And all of this energy that you put there is resonating. It's attracting right. those types of people. And so you're able to really leave for even months at a time if it's built correctly, scaled correctly, which is, you know, what we really mentor our clients on. So that uh, you have the freedom. That's why you got into business. And 
at this point, you can continue to scale it up. You can you can exit. You can pass it down to a family member or bring in another CEO and just have it as a cash flow generator. Right, right. Well, that's uh, so much advice and so many good kind of components in there that uh, a lot to think about. But if you can get to that, that, that phase, it's really important. I've often suggested to CEOs, you know, st- step away for a few weeks. You know, don't answer any email. Step away and see how your organization works, how it flows, how it, you know, does it freak out and, and start to crash and burn? Or does it, you know, do people step up and actually do better, right? And you kind of give you a little heat check on, on where you are as an organization. Uh, even if it's just go on vacation, go to Europe for two, three weeks and don't answer any emails. You know, have your phone if there's an absolute emergency that only you can solve. But, you know, take that space and see what happens. Because uh, I know so many you know, CEOs that just, they have to be all over everything. They're micromanaging everything. Um, and they have to know everything. And ultimately, they can't spend any time thinking about their business and what's next. Um, well, I, I, you know, this has really been fascinating. And I want to make sure we talk about this one really fascinating thing that we found in your, your background. I know you're a successful you know, businesswoman, but you're also a trapeze artist. So maybe you could talk about that and how those two things connect. I am a trapeze artist. In fact, I've got a performance this weekend. So um, I've been, uh, I was a gymnast growing up. And then uh, when I discovered the flying trapeze, I, I was like, oh, my God, you really can do this? And uh, so I've been training with the five-generation circus family for 20 years. And I was driving to L.A. every week um, for years and years from San Diego. So it's a pretty big, was a Big commitment there with the, you know, three to four hour drive each way. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I decided to build one in my backyard. So we we moved to uh, an area where we've got a lot of land and I've uh, got a full full size trapeze, flying trapeze in my backyard. So I can just walk out like 50 feet and climb the ladder. Wow, that... Uh... That really is spectacular. We, we we love to learn all these kind of unique and special things about our guests. And, uh, uh, you know, that's not one I would have guessed for somebody. So it's really cool to, <laughs> to hear that from you. Um, you know, uh, we always like to ask about books. So um, we, we mentioned your book, which certainly we hope people will check out, uh, Scale or Fail. But uh, is there any other book that you're reading right now or one that you, you typically talk about that you suggest people, you know, check out? Well, one book I really love, I love, I read all the time, but one that I've read several times and always recommend it is The Big Leap uh, by Gay Hendricks. And that book is all about stepping into your zone of genius. Like we all have a zone of excellence. We have many things that we're really good at and we can execute well. But when you're in your zone of genius, you time just flies by and you don't even realize it because you're just... Mm-hmm having the best time you're so engrossed in it and this is where this is the zone that you want to operate in most and we talk about working on the business instead of in the business that's really being in your zone of genius where you're most creative uh, most powerful and you're using your gifts that you were born with and that uh, that you feel um, so enlivened by where people say hey uh, you God, you just light up, you know, when you do that. And so that's this book is so powerful. There's so many breakthroughs that happen 
um, when you read that or listen to it. So I highly recommend it. Well, it sounds like a great book to check out. Uh, we're, we're just about the end here of our of our interview and our show today. I want to make sure we uh, find out how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in doing uh, more with uh, Pinnacle Global Network. I know you have a big event coming up in August as well. So what's the best way for them to find out more? Yeah, so the event is uh, if you go to thescaleevent.com, uh, thescaleevent.com, and that is three days. All um, You actually leave with a strategic plan customized for your company to scale your business. So very powerful, and that's August 15th to the 17th. And um, to learn more about the mentoring that we do, uh, you could just reach out to us directly at support at allisonmaslin.com um, or just go to allisonmaslin.com. You can tool around on the website and find out about our coaching and reach out to us from there. Well, fantastic. I hope people will check that out and reach out to you. Uh, we really have learned a lot today, not only about business, but about being a trapeze artist. So uh, thank you for keeping it interesting for us today and uh, look forward to having you back on the show at some point, giving us an update on all the wonderful and cool things that you're doing. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. And uh, I had a great time. I hope Everybody learned something today. Well, fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show today. Hopefully, you've gained something that will you, you can use in your own career in a positive way. Please join me next week as I bring in Mohammed uh, Latib, the CEO of CX University, and also Tammy Andres, the VP of HR at uh, Goodwin & Company. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2. 